absolutely loves this song. It is not just her favourite song at Christmas time. Oh no, it's her favourite song all year round, every season. January, February, March, April, May, etc, etc. Let's not say them all. Because we've like, so me and my family have caught my grandma, she's 94, she's an absolute legend. She's been here before actually, you might have seen her, she heckled me once during a talk. Um, which is always really fun and keeps you humble, as well as when people chant, dance, dance, dance. Um, so we caught her listening to it in like mid-June before, this song. But what's even funnier is that the singer, Chris Rea, um, it, like her, is from Middlesbrough. And we're pretty sure that's the only reason why she actually likes it. She would never normally listen to something like this. But it's just like a staunch, yeah, for the North East kind of thing. So, so yeah, you can turn it down, Albert. Thank you. That was seamless. So yeah, I'm driving home for Christmas, home alone, I'll be home for Christmas, and then I couldn't find any others on Google, but what it is is basically, home and Christmas are really connected. Don't, if you type in home and Christmas on Google, all you'll get is Christmas decorations and like films that no one's ever heard of, but it does come up a lot. If you think through all like the lyrics and, the, and the, of songs and books and films and things like that, it always ends up with like characters or whatever, the people like going home. There's something really Christmassy about it, which is, it's like warm and, and fuzzy and nostalgic and familiar, familiar this sense of, of going home. And for you, it might not be like a particular physical place that you call home. It might just be the people or the atmosphere or the particular traditions um, that happen every year or the arguments that happen every year without fail. Um, so even though places and, and people and even the most staunchly held of traditions um, can change for good or for bad over the years, um, either into like bittersweetness or just new ways of celebrating Christmas, um, that sense of, of making a home, of returning to home, sticks quite permanently. And today, as we've already said, is the first week of Advent. So obviously, it's the beginning of the build-up to Christmas. Um, so each of us, in some way, is practically preparing for Christmas and for going home in some way. And it could be, um, if you're a student, uh, you could be, you'll probably be starting to pack up your stuff. Um, this is the last week of term for lots of students. Packing up and getting ready to go home for about a month or so. Um, some of you might be going to your parents' house just over those few days, or your spouse's parents. Um, it could just be, you know, you're working over Christmas, actually, and, or you're, um, you're just going to be here in York. But actually, even just for a moment, there will be one moment at least where there's just this sense of returning to something old and something familiar. Returning to something which is in some way home. And I think this idea of home goes deeper than just marketing. It's the thing that's really tied to Christmas, not just because we're all like, oh, that's such a nice idea, driving home for Christmas. Um, it's actually a really ancient idea, the call to home. And we see that story, that the story of home played out in every nativity as Mary and Joseph um, go back to Joseph's hometown, um, the, the town of Bethlehem, the town of his, his house and lineage, um, and most importantly, the story of God making a home on earth as Jesus, a baby born to teenager Mary, a baby who was fully human, yet fully God, sent to earth to make his home there. God, God, actual God, puts on Skin and bones, flesh 
and blood. Let's just meditate on the weirdness of that for a second. The God of forever, the God of eternity, the God who is outside of time and space and human understanding, steps into our little world and sets up house with parents and with siblings, with a neighbourhood and with a family business. He, like us, grows up here. He has a family and a home, yet he's the sculptor of the stars and the maker of every planet. The author of life becomes a baby. And he was born, and he lived on earth like any one of us. God, God, came to live amongst us. And Advent is the time when we not only practically prepare for returning home in some sense ourselves, but when we spiritually prepare for and look towards the celebration of Jesus making a home here on earth. John puts it like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Can you hear John's wonder and awe at this astounding revelation? Can you imagine what he was thinking and how he just can't believe what he's even writing down and trying to communicate to the church? God made his home among us. We have seen his glory. The whole point of Advent is that time of preparation and the Christmas story is the story of home, God making a home on earth among us. But in fact, this story of home starts way earlier than even the Christmas story. Um, The story of home makes its entrance at the beginning of humanity. In the beginning, God makes a home with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He creates this garden, this shared home where he walks and talks with them and shares his life with them until they choose to alienate and hide themselves from him. And then from the garden, and, and they alienate themselves from the garden that they called home. And then you see for the rest of the Bible, no exaggeration, the rest of the Bible is pretty much about God's people trying to get home trying to find home, whatever you want to call it, promised land, heaven, eternity, or just being God's people again. 
Just getting back to that family which was promised to them, that outnumbered the stars. And again, as for us, it's not just the, the physical place, it's the people and it's the way of life. The Christmas story, from that, from this whole giant grand narrative of home, seems to be, the Christmas story seems to be the final chapter in that story. Because God comes to make home with us again, as Jesus. And what a finale that would be. In that great big story of home, as people are wandering through the desert for 40 years and all that kind of jazz, everyone trying to find home, the finale being God coming to earth as a human. What a great finale that would be. It's the final chapter. What a cracking ending. It would be astounding and subversive and the fulfilment of hopes and prophecies and prayers. And that would seem like a good end, but it's not the actual end of the story of home. God not only made a home among us, God made a home within us. Father God sent his son, Jesus, to make a home on earth. And then sent the Holy Spirit to make a home in us. If you thought the word made flesh is weird, things are about to get a lot weirder. (laughs) Um, If you look at John 14, where Jesus does this massive speech on his final, when he, during his final hours with his disciples, pretty much just before he gets arrested and crucified. He tells them that when he leaves them, that is when he dies, comes back and then ascends to heaven for good, then he'll still be with them in the form of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, who's the final kind of face of the Trinity to be introduced in the Bible. Um, Father God has put on flesh to live amongst us in the form of his son, but then Jesus says it doesn't just stop there, it gets better. Because once his gig walking on earth is done, everyone gets God's Holy Spirit living in them. God with and within us on a permanent basis. John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. See, if you're looking at the verses around um, chapter 14, then the name drop of home comes in in the context of Jesus explaining um, what's about to happen. And he promises that he won't leave them as orphans. See, if you've been following around God, quite literally God in flesh for three years, you'd probably panic a little bit when he said, I'm off now, I'm going to get executed by the state, but don't worry, I'm coming back. <laughs> you probably quite, wouldn't quite understand what's going on. <laughs> but the disciples... Panicking, but he says, there will be a friend and a counsellor and a comforter within you, not just among you. So Jesus brings God at home among us, and the Holy Spirit brings God at home within us. So, this grand narrative of home literally arrives in us. It finishes in us. Finishes? Maybe not. it's arrived in us, I guess. If you describe yourself as someone who's given your life to Jesus, then this is the story that you're living in. Are you aware that God has made a home not just amongst you, although that's wild as it is, genuinely? Are you aware that God has made a home within you? Are you aware that God looks at you and he sees you fit as his home? That he is interested enough in you that he likes you enough, that 
that he trusts you enough to make a home in you. He looks at you and he looks at me and he sees it as a good home. But what's the big deal with home? Why am I talking about it? You may ask. Um, What difference does it make that God makes a home within us? It's important because when God makes his home within us, it's not just God moving into the neighbourhood. It's God moving into our lives. It changes how we operate. Home is a really important concept to me. Um, I I love the idea of home. It's probably the thing that I value the most. Um, So the idea that home is right where my two feet are. My home is the home of God because it's in me is utterly ridiculous, but utterly life-transforming. God makes a home in us for a purpose right now. It means that he doesn't just care about what your kind of final destination is. He's not just giving you a ticket to eternity and sending you off and hoping for the best. He inhabits your life. He takes up residence in you because he cares about the things you do now. And he cares about the things you say. He cares about having an influence on you. Home is like, home is a permanent thing. Home is a comforting thing. Home is a stable thing. Home is companionship. Home is being relaxed. Home is having some kind of parentage, whatever that looks like, traditional or not. Home is not being alone. Home is not just house rules. Home is that we don't have to go looking anymore. Even when you're at your most comfortable. Even when I'm at my most comfortable. Even when I'm at my most secure. Even when I'm at my most stable. I'm never quite at home. Even when I'm feeling most at home, if that makes sense, if I'm with my parents or with my sister, or if I'm in York or if I'm in G2, there's still a sense of, there's something more. God has made a home in us. And it's not something that you've probably not... Some of you may have not heard that before. Some of you may have heard it a thousand times. But I just felt today, um, it's really weighed on me that we just need a reminder We don't need a to-do list. We just need a reminder of who we are and where we call home. In John 1, in that great passage I read at the beginning, it talks about that to all who received him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To be born of God. And you don't become a child of God just because he moves into the neighbourhood. You become a child of God because he takes up residence in you. That's how adoption works. You get adopted into his family. Adopted into his perfect fatherhood. And it's way more than just the familiar or the warm, fuzzy feeling that we have when we go back home at Christmas. 
It's true stability, true comfort, true companionship, but not necessarily the way we might imagine it. The ultimate stability turning out to be taking up your cross. The ultimate comfort turning out to be denying yourself. And the ultimate companionship of following Jesus. When God sets up home in you, it changes where you go call home, like, like I just said. It's, um, we become more home in him. When he makes a home in us, we can't just be passengers or passive in it. So my fiancé, everyone loves it when I name drop him, um, uh, Ben, he's just moved in with Josh and Ellie, who are a great couple in our church, who Josh just prayed for, Rosie and Paul. Um, and when he moved in with them, they purposefully um, welcomed him into their home and made a home for him. And it wasn't just, they didn't just clear a room for him and then just come in and live there and just come and go as you please. They kind of did, but they, they went beyond that. They said, make a home here. Share our car, share our food, share our lives, have an insight into our marriage, have an insight into our leadership. It changes the way they've done their cooking. It changes the way they've done their cleaning. It changes the way they have conversation. It changes who they have over for dinner. It changes how they watch TV. It changes who they give lifts to. Thank you for giving Ben lifts. <laughs> we don't have a car. <laughs> It's not that they've been forced just into their best behaviour. Just having Ben around, and that's just human lovely Ben, um, has changed the way that they operate and the way that they exist within the place that they call home. How much more does it change the way that we operate and we exist in the places and in the places that we call home when God moves in? I want to ask you what's taken up residence in your life. Let's push God into the spare room where you're like, I'm just going to clean and let every heart prepare in room. Just one room, because I'd rather you didn't kick down the doors of the other rooms. Um, what else has taken up residence in your life that, that isn't the word made flesh, that isn't the spirit of God? I want to ask you if you've ever asked God to make a home with you, to make his home in you. So we're going to take communion. Um, Christine's going to lead us in it. Um, and we really wanted to do this because... So when Jesus says, um, we will come to them and we'll make a home with them, this is, this is the very time when they're having the Last Supper. So when, they, when the disciples and Jesus share bread and wine. What I think is interesting about that is that communion is a big emblem of home. Communion is the thing of sharing food together sharing a meal together, just as Jesus did with his disciples. So it's a sign of us marking this place of home. But also it's a sign of us asking for more of Jesus in our lives. It's a sign of saying, I want to eat and drink with you, Jesus. I want to change the way I operate. I want to change the way I exist in the places I call home. As we prepare for Christmas, as we're packing up, cleaning, as we're going to wherever we're going to our parents' to our relatives at Christmas. I wonder what it would be like if we didn't add anything to our to-do list from this. But we were just to be reminded that God has made a home in us. What would life look like 
if we were to remember that, if we were to walk in that, knowing that we have the mind of Christ. He's giving us a, a spirit of, of power and of love and of sound mind and not of timidity. That he dwells in us. And so that we bear the fruits of the spirits. We bear patience, peace, love, gentleness, kindness and self-control. That all those things are actually possible and it's not going to just be a quick sign or a thing and it's not going to be looking at other people and wishing that we had what they had. But actually that God is already setting up home in us or wants to. So for you it might be looking at what's um, taking up residence in your life as you take communion and saying to God, I want you to have the whole of me. I want you to make home in me, not just spare room, not just be a lodger. It might be for you that you've never asked um, for God in your life. You've never asked him to set up home. By taking communion together, you, just make, you just want to say to God, I want, I want to see what this looks like. Set up home in me. Or maybe for you it's just a sign that you're just going to remember that God has made his home in you. And sometimes that's enough.